0: Pass goes in for Pace in the backcourt. Pace gets it out for Litweiler to Washington, takes it to the basket. Her layup is up and good. L'Oriah Washington with 10. Welcome to episode 16 of EIU Panthers Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Moser. Basketball season is just around the corner, and over the next two weeks, we bring you season previews of both Eastern Illinois basketball teams. We start today with the EIU women's basketball team, which posted one of the best win total turnarounds in NCAA over the last two seasons, moving from three wins to 19 wins last season. On today's podcast, we visit with Panthers head coach, Matt Ballant, and two seniors, Taylor Steele and Grace McRae. EIU Panthers podcast is brought to you by Consolidated Communications. Consolidated Communications is your solution for internet, TV, and phone services. To learn more, visit Consolidated.com. In EIU Panthers news this week, Andrew Krause and Sarah Lohman from EIU Swimming were named the Summit League Male and Female Swimmers of the Week. For the latest news on EIU athletics, visit us online at EIUpanthers.com or follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. If you want to hear previous episodes of EIU Panthers podcasts, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Currently available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio podcasts. Now to this week's EIU Panthers podcast episode a season preview of the EIU Panther women's basketball season. <laughs> And welcome to this week's edition of EIU Panthers Podcast. We're going to do a season preview for basketball here. Hoops is actually around the season, and we're going to start this week. We're joined with EIU women's basketball coach Matt Ballant. We'll preview the women's season here this week on the EIU Panthers Podcast. So, Coach, uh, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Great to be here, and we're certainly excited about the season.
0: Now, we're going to talk about the season, but some some interesting good news for you. I know not basketball-related, but for the people that will be – possibly at the first game they may not see you on the sidelines and it's not because you don't want to coach basketball but a four year process you and your wife Carrie have been into to adopt some young ladies from Peru may finally come to some fruition here and I, I, you guys are going to head off to Lima Peru i, I think on Monday of, of this week to possibly finalize that process
1: yeah we can't uh, say too much about it besides we are going to Peru and we are adopting and that's kind of the information we can give out but hoping that I, I will be back for the first game. Uh, obviously, a lot of uh, details go into it, and um, Peru has certain timetables that we have to do. And uh, But we're so excited about it. We've been at it for four years and, and finally seeing the end.
0: Well, I I do hope all that works out for you. But we'll we'll talk some, some basketball here, which is why we have you on the program. OVC released its preseason conference order of finished predictions on Friday for the women, picked fifth that's probably about maybe where you thought you would be a lot of times it, it's picked based on where the teams finished the, the previous year. So third, fourth, fifth, sixth, those teams were all really bunched together last year, Eastern finished four. So to be picked fifth is, is probably not unheard of for you guys this year.
1: Yeah. I kind of thought we might be picked fourth. We finished three games ahead of Tennessee tech, but they narrowly lost a game in the tournament to SEMO. Uh, SEMO hit a three at the buzzer to beat them. And then Semo went on to win it. And and Tech's got some great seniors back, including Brady, who's, you know, first team all-conference kid. So, you know, certainly I understand being picked fifth. And, um, yeah, we're hoping to finish better than that and hoping to do what we did last year. I think last year we were picked uh, 10th or somewhere 11th or somewhere in there and finished fourth. So we're hoping to kind of surprise people and, and finish even higher. But our league is the best it's ever been. So we know we have a great challenge ahead.
0: A much, but a much different scenario from when you took over this job four years ago. You came in, and I don't think there was any question the Eastern was going to be picked in 11th and 12th based on, on where they had been the, the previous year or two. And you guys have come in and done a, an incredible job of, of putting that team in the upper half. A little bit more pressure maybe for the girls now that they're, they're now maybe the hunted instead of the hunter.
1: Yeah. It's a little different role, you know, before we were always the bottom and the uh, um, underdog and now we're going to have a lot of games in least in conference play where we're favored. Um, So, you know, a little bit of a different role, but we still want a kind of a hunting mentality and aggressive attack mentality uh, no matter who we're playing. And, uh, and I think we did a pretty good job of that last year, even as we, you know, we're finished 12 and six in the league and um, late in the year, we played a lot of teams that we'd beaten the first time uh, at their place, Eastern Kentucky and Moorhead and, um, and then had to go to Edwardsville, a team that we beat at home. So we had some tough games where we had beaten them, but uh, turned around the second time, we were able to still get it done, even though they were all close games.
0: UT Martin and Belmont picked up there at the top of the league. I was actually a little bit surprised. I know Southeast Missouri, they won the, the championship last year, but they lost some pieces, and I think that may be the reason why the, maybe they weren't the preseason favorite. Is that is that kind of what you gather as well when you look at the poll?
1: Yeah, they uh, received Returned Thompson, who's, you know, arguably the, the top player in the league with uh, Perry from Martin, um, but they lost Shepard, who was their point guard and made big shots for him. And I, I'm sure they feel like they got somebody to take her shoes, but she she did a lot for him. So um, obviously time will tell who they have to replace her and, and where they'll be at, but they'll certainly be one of the top teams. Um, you know, Belmont had won our league several years in a row um, and got upset to, in, in the tournament by SEMO. And they lost some good pieces as well. You know, Belmont typically can kind of reload. But um, until, you know, those pieces are proven, you know, people are wondering where they're going to be at as well.
0: I look at that and, and you talk about that people losing pieces. You look at Eastern's roster and if, if people truly delved into it a little bit deeper, Jen Nels was a, was a good role player for you. But the key term there role player you the the nucleus of your team and I don't have the stats broken down but my guess is probably above 90 percent of scoring above 90 percent of rebounding is back on this team and they're all just a year better and a year more mature
1: yeah we're probably been 95 percent of our points and uh, rebounds are back and including our top uh Uh, seven scores, I believe. So um, we feel like we're in good shape. I do feel like, you know, Carly and the riot were preseason first team. Both of them have gotten better and had really good off seasons. Kyra and Abby, I think have a chance to be uh, all conference type players as well. You know, Taylor Steele returns from having mono last year. Morgan Litweiler, I think is good, you know, ready to have a great sophomore year. So we feel like gosh, our top seven kids are all better than they were last year. We had Bree Mischler who sat out last year at transfer from IUPUI who's really talented, probably our best pure shooter. And so we've got some really good pieces returning. Um, and so our expectations are extremely high.
0: Returning all OVC kids, you hit on both of them there. Carly Pace, a senior, she's kind of become the face of the program the last couple of years. Was one of your, actually, I know it was your first recruit you signed. I remember, actually, yeah. she she came on an unofficial visit the day you were you were announced as the head coach here. And then also Lariah Washington. Two different types of players that, that give you can give opposing teams really some matchup difficulties. What can you kind of say about both of those young ladies and and what they mean to the program?
1: Yeah. You know, Carly just, when we recruited her high school coach said, boy, she has the clutch gene. And uh, and I got kind of excited because that is such a big part. And that's who she was last year. You know, our our last uh, seven games that we won were all close games um, and tight and she made shots in the overtime. She made shots down the stretch and she just made really big, big plays for us. Um, And then you know Laraya came in, and and we were the only Division One school to recruit her. And then she scores thirty five at Murray State, and uh, you know shoots almost fifty percent from the field as a freshman, which is pretty unheard of for a guard. uh, And and really had a great freshman year. So you know both of them can get to the rim, they get in the paint, uh, they draw fouls, and they're both just extremely athletic. But they're both can shoot it as well. Carly shot forty percent from three. Laraya changed her shot in the off season, and now should be a much better three point shooter because of that. So. Um, we feel like they're both poised to really have great years.
0: And one of the things I, I noticed about your team, and I don't know if this was always kind of been your style or just maybe the, the type of player that fits the system here for you, seems to be, and you look at the roster, very guard-oriented, but as you've been here a couple years and, and built some success, you've been able to get bigger guards. When you look at, at Carly Pace, she's more of a, a smaller penetrate guard, but Laria becomes a bigger guard. Bree Mishler's a, a bigger guard. So you're only true big person or – big people I would say when you look at your roster that have some veteran experience are Abby Wall and, and Grace McRae is that kind of the way you try to recruit for this team?
1: Yeah you know we, we feel like we want to be a skilled team um, you know we've broken the record at Eastern for the most made threes in the last couple of years I think we'll break it again this year uh, but you got to have post play to win championships and Abby Wall I think is poised to do that for us you know Grace McRae has been a starter since she got here and uh, battled back injuries a little bit last year but Uh, is poised to help us again this year. So we feel like we have a couple of low post uh, players, um, but then we'll play four guards and surround those guys with four guards a lot of the time uh, as well. And we do feel like um, Parker Safford could come in and and as a freshman and maybe contribute as well. She's kind of in that Abby mode of uh, six foot, six one and real physical and just plays extremely hard. But typically we're going to have four guards on the floor that can all shoot it, all pass it and all handle it. Um, You know, I was a point guard in high school and college. So Typically, that kind of fits my eye, fit players that can shoot and pass it, and hopefully uh, players will play extremely hard, even though we're a little bit smaller than the other team at times.
0: Now, interesting statistic I looked at here, and it was, you talked about the last couple of years, EIU has, has broken the the record for three, so you're, you're kind of there, talk a little bit about what you do offensively. Defensively, you guys are also very sound, either a pressure kind of defense, is that I'm assuming that's by design is to try to pressure and then to try to score quickly from the outside.
1: Yeah. And I think that more than ever, we're going to be able to create turnovers off our, off our man defense and off our buzz half court trap. You know, the buzz was in the top 5% in the country last year in defense. And, you know, our teams at green Bay probably were in the top one or 2% with that defense. So it is a great defense and, you know, it's not easy to play. It takes a ton of energy and a ton of passion to do it, but when you do it, well, it, it creates turnovers. It creates quick shots. Um, and we've always been, you know, near the top of our league in turnovers, forced, and steals. And uh, I think we'll be that that again uh, this year. We do have more depth than we've ever had, so that will will lead to I think more more ability to make the other team play faster and what they want to play and pressure in the ball. Uh, but we do want to be sound. And uh, Dick Bennett said you win championships with your half court defense, and I really believe that's true. And we're hoping to take a step. We were much better defensively last year than the the two years before that, and we're hoping we could take another step this year.
0: Schedule looks a little bit different this year. That's kind of by design. The the COVID stuff has really put everything in a wreck or uh, some teams haven't even announced the schedule yet. I think somebody told me the other day, out of 357 teams, we were maybe one of the first 50 to announce. I don't know that you get a, get a medal for doing that, but at least it, it makes fans encouraged to see that basketball is right around the corner. What did you look at when you tried to put together this schedule for this year? I guess, Talk more about the non-conference. You don't you don't have any say in how the conference works itself out.
1: Yeah, we only got five games, which is you know pretty limited. Uh, we went and added uh, two Big Ten teams, including the Big Ten champion Northwestern. You know, at their place, and they return. Uh, they have the preseason Player of the Year in Pulliam. Um, so, they're, they're going to be extremely talented. So, uh, one of the things we, we wanted to you just strengthen our schedule, we've been telling recruits, hey, every year we're, our schedule is going to get harder and we're going to play more of the top teams. And us going to Northwestern, us going to Minnesota, you know, it's just two of our five games are against Big Ten teams. Uh, and then we host Northern Illinois in the Compass Tournament, you know, who's a really good MAC team as well. So, uh, we've got our hands full with the, with the non conference schedule. Uh, but at the same time, we want to be challenged. We want to be told. "Hey, the, we, we believe we can be one of the top teams in the OVC. And I don't think that happens by just, you know, rolling over teams in the non-conference. I think you've got to be tested. I think we have to learn, hey, these are the areas we've got to get better if we're going to compete with, you know, Belmont, SEMO, and uh, Martin for sure.
0: You talked about the fact that you only had the opportunity to play, schedule in five non-conference games. In a normal year, 29 games, the NCAA kind of limited the, the amount of availability. And then the OVC – trying to really kind of maybe protect – I don't want to say bubble, that term has been so overused, but you kind of know where I'm going with that. Protect it it itself, added two extra games. So 20 conference games, not a true round robin, but those extra two games, does that help or hinder kind of what you're trying to do, or is it too early to tell until you start playing?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good thing. You know, I I think you want a true conference champion. and I think if you only, you know, play everybody but two games, you know, you have a more – a better chance to have a true champion. Yeah. If you have four games, maybe schedule schedules a little bit easier than somebody else's. So uh, I think, you know, the more conference games and obviously playing 20, you know, you know at the end who the true champion is, and, and everyone kind of gets their opportunities to play everybody. So it, it's a pretty good schedule and I, I feel good about it. I know a lot of leagues have gone to the Friday against one team. I was looking at the Horizon league and, you know, IUPUI who's the conference champion has to go to green Bay and play Friday and Saturday and never get to play Green Bay at home. You know yeah. that's not really fair for the for IEPUI, who's who was the champion last year. And a lot of leagues have gone to that. Thankfully, our league is such a bus league that because of the travel, it, we feel pretty safe uh, with the COVID and those things. So I was thankful that our league didn't choose that because I just think that's pretty unfair for the teams that don't get to play a home game against you know the top teams.
0: No, I I would 100% agree with that. The other thing that's going to be different, and, and I'm kind of curious your take on this. Uh, as part of this preview show, we interview a, a couple of the young ladies on your team as well. And I'll be interested to see what their take is compared to yours. Right now, the the rule is no fans. So there'll be no fans for any of the home games, any of the games you play in the state of Illinois. Right now, no fans. The rest of the league, I think, state by state and, and local jurisdictions are making those determinations. This may be the first time since maybe an AAU game or a junior high game for some of these these kids that there hasn't been been a crowd and not even a mom and a dad in the stands. What is that going to be like, you think, for for you as a coach and then for for the players out there to make that adjustment?
1: Yeah, I'm really sad for our players and, and families. You know, I've got a daughter playing at, at, in Tennessee at Milligan, and I can't go watch her as well. And, you know, it's something they work so hard to become a college basketball player and uh, I remember, you know, I've coached for 25 years and I've had so many parents say, especially their junior, senior years, you know, this is as good as it gets for us. This is a special, you know, as anything to go watch a game, to win at home, to go out to eat afterwards with your family and celebrate them. I remember Jordan Hughes last year when we, uh, hit a three against Moorhead in, in the overtime, and then we happened to go out to the brick house, and her, her family and grandmother were there. And to be able to see them and see the smiles on their faces and the joy, you know, in them celebrating that incredible moment that we had in the overtime victory, um, you know, obviously we're hoping that will change. And you know, it's it's hard that uh, the state of Illinois is different than everybody else. I think most of the other conference teams are going to have fans, at least they have their family there which I feel like is right, but obviously we got to do what we got to do and control what we can control. Um, We do pride ourselves in coming ready to play every game. And uh, we don't, you know, just play for our families. We're playing for the love of the game, playing for the program and playing for each other as well. And I think our players are pretty good at coming ready to play um, and not relying on those external factors to motivate them. I, I think they love the game. I think they're driven. I think they're tough and hopefully that'll show up in our home games when we don't have fans.
0: Crystal ball from, from coach Ballon here for the team. It's now mid-March. The OVC tournament is done. What it what would be a successful season for the IU women's basketball program when at, at the end of March? Where do you want to be? I don't, I don't know if that's a win total, if that's a, a certain place in the OVC. I, I mean, I guess kind of, kind of your, your thoughts here. I don't want to say goals because when you put a goal in there, then, then if you don't achieve it, you feel like it's not successful. Maybe, Kind of what are your thoughts on where this team needs to be to have success?
1: Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, first of all, the league is, is better than it's ever been. We finished 19th in the RPI last year. Most of the league, including 11 returners, all conference kids, that's a huge high number. So we could be better and not finish 12 or 6 or, you know, or even better with a, a ratio of winning. Um, I, I, we're hoping we can be, um, you know, the top four teams get a bye in the first round. We changed the conference tournament now so uh, it's more like the men's and I think that's a big advantage if you're going to have a chance to win the conference tournament you know being in a five through eight seed and having to play four games in uh, four or five days is, is really difficult so you know obviously that's our goal is to be one of the top four four teams you know if we're not we still feel like we'll have a chance to win the tournament because our depth is so good but you know that that would be ideal to be one of those top four teams have a buy the first round and then make a run in the, in the conference tournament obviously the regular season prepares you for that automatic bid and a chance to win it, and you know, last year we got to the semis uh, and lost to Tennessee Martin. Um, so we'd love to take another step. Uh, we know it's going to be extremely difficult, um, but we're preparing ourselves to to make that happen, and hopefully, doing the work to make that happen.
0: All right, coach. I appreciate you taking some time here on a Sunday as we tape this episode. I know we would have taped it later in the week, but as we mentioned at the start of the program, you're going to be heading out of the country to to take care of some some long-awaited additions to, to your family there. So congratulations to, to you and your wife, Kari. Hopefully that process is, is successful and you're not trying to coach a game via Zoom from from Lima, Peru, or, or somewhere down there on November 25th when the Panthers open.
1: Yeah. So we're excited about it. It's been a long process and hoping everything works out and I'll be back soon. And then uh, Kari will be back uh, with some kids down the road, which is really exciting. All right, coach. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to the Panthers podcast. We're now joined with one of the three seniors on this year's team, Taylor Steele. Taylor, talk a little bit about coming into your senior year. You kind of wrap things up here after four years with the Panthers.
2: Yeah, this year's been different, I would say, with COVID, but it's exciting. We have a good team this year, a lot of veterans, and I'm excited for the season to start. I think we could go far in the tournament and just have an overall good season.
0: Now, you came in with Grace and Carly. You were three of the seniors. or one or two other ones in the class. Didn't make it all the way through. So what is it just like to be able to get through all four years of a collegiate career?
2: Um, it's been awesome, especially just the growth as a team we've had. I mean, we started winning like three games. And now, the season we had last year, like it's just been awesome to see how we could start a culture and just be a part of it every year and just keep growing.
0: Now, your role when you came in has maybe changed a little bit since what it is now. You're one of the leading scorers your first year, kind of a, a three-point artist. In this system, has your, have you seen your role change a little bit or do you feel that, it, that it's kind of saved the same as you've gone year by year?
2: Um, I would say it's a little different. I mean, we have a lot of people that can score this year, so more defensively is what we need to focus on. And personally, I just want us to win and just do my part in whatever that is.
0: Now, you missed a few games last year. Dude, I think he had mono, if I'm not mistaken. So what what's kind of your goal? Is a complete season it would be a successful season for you this year?
2: Yeah, I would say just getting to play all our games would be awesome. So that's what I would say a complete season would be.
0: Now, I asked Coach Belont this. You guys, when you came in, like you talked about, you guys were picked 11th or 12th in the, in the conference. This year in the upper half, and I said, what's it going to be like to now maybe have the target on your back instead of being the team that's chasing other teams?
2: Uh, it's definitely going to be different. I think even though other teams have just seen us as lower, so it's going to be exciting to see us as one of the better teams in the conference and just competing.
0: Now, every year there's always somebody that kind of breaks out. Last year it was Leroy. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. saw that kind of coming. You've seen some of the new players, even some of the girls that are maybe back. Is there a player that people should kind of watch that, hey, that player is going to have a breakout year for us?
2: Um, I would say maybe Jordan Hughes. She's been really shooting the ball really well this year, and uh, I'm excited for her season.
0: And Taylor, then I guess for you, last question is kind of plans after the season's over, um, finish your degree and kind of grad school, or you haven't even decided yet?
2: Um, I'm taking a gap year, and then I'm planning to attend dental school, so I want to be a dentist.
0: All right. Well, best of luck this season, and we'll hopefully see you out there on the court. We'll be right back with Grace McRae. And we continue our EIU Panthers podcast with our other senior on this year's team, Grace McRae. So, Grace, one of the seniors that that came in on this team, talk a little bit about what it was like being part of that foundation for this program. Um,
3: Definitely coming in, I wasn't expecting to play anywhere near as much as I did freshman year, and it's been great to be able to see how much the team has progressed over the past four years and the culture that we've built as seniors coming through.
0: Now, for you, uh, they're going to hear the accent, so they're going to know that you're an international player from Australia. What are the things maybe you've noticed that, that maybe fans don't notice, the differences maybe between the game in Australia and here, or are there really differences?
3: Um, I wouldn't say there's many differences. It's definitely uh, – mm, I really there's not really any differences between us and it, like, here and back home. Like, it's, I've had no problems, like, transferring between the two.
0: Now, for you, your parents, I know they come over and they make a big deal of coming over and having a vacation yeah. with COVID. I don't know if that's going to happen for them this year. So what, maybe what it's going to be like without having them here to kind of support you for a couple of games during the year.
3: Um, it's definitely going to be rough for me. Like, I always look forward to when my parents come. Like, even my teammates say, like, I'm a different person when my family's over here. But it's just something I have to deal with. Like, it is what it is and move on. And I'll be back home with them before I know it. So it's fine.
0: Now, one of the things I talked to Coach about is you guys are really a guard-oriented team. You and Abby Wall, really two of the the big key players down low. How do you approach that in terms of what is your role on this team?
3: Uh, I'll look at my role this year just to come in, like give Abby a break, and do my best I can, and don't let there be a drop-off whenever I come in.
0: And then last question for you, what would be a successful season for you? I know you missed some games last year, yeah. but kind of what would it be like at the end of the year when you look back, what, was, what makes it a successful season for Grace McRae?
3: Uh, for me, I want to be able to play the whole season. Like obviously last year I missed out on so many games and I hated that. So for me, being able to play the whole season and being a great teammate the whole season and doing my part for the whole time.
0: And then as a senior, same question we asked Taylor, kind of plans for after EIU when you're done? graduate postseason kind of what 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 are your options
3: uh I haven't decided yet if I'm going to stay and do another year or go home but most likely I'll go home and then I'm doing my master's in speech pathology all
0: right congratulations best of luck this season thank you to head coach Matt Ballant Taylor Steele and Grace McRae for joining us on today's episode of EIU Panthers podcast the Panthers will open the season on Wednesday November 25th hosting UIC as a reminder, no spectators will be allowed at home games at first midcourt at Lance Arena this season. All home games will be carried on ESPN+, and games will also be carried on the radio on HipMix 88.9 WEIU. <laughs>